At the 1989 Chicago Car Show, Mazda showed the world their little sports car called the Miata in America, which derives from the old high German word for reward. It was initially marketed, of course, in Japan as the Unos Roadster. In Australia, of course, it is the MX-5. And in other places, it's called the MX-5 Miata as well. So that name does stick around the world. It was Japan's take on the British sports car of the 60s and 70s, really. Perhaps even a little bit of the Lotus Elan to it. A lightweight two-seater roadster, front engine, rear-wheel drive. Not a lot of power, but a lot of fun. In 2000, it was recognised as the best-selling sports car ever, having sold over 530,000 units. They've now sold over 900,000 units. It's now in its fourth generation. The latest model has a significant makeover in terms of its looks, and I think it's much better. I think it's uh, overtones of a 1968 Stingray, which is a good-looking car, but more of that later. By the way, Wheels Magazine gave it their car of the year, so it certainly raised eyebrows. Errol Smith and I have been driving a small engine version of it, the 1.5-litre manual, and Errol joins me on the line now. Errol, did it impress the people who saw it? David, it literally turned heads. Several people walked past it, said it, it's nice car without being prompted. And my favourite experience was approaching an, another MX-5 from the, from the other direction, and they saw my MX-5 and got all excited and waved and there's a fraternity of owners there I think yes yeah. I, I think that, that was the old one of the older models yes it was yeah yeah but she, she still picked it as a as an MX-5 from a distance just a few basic facts about it uh, how many engines of uh, are the are your choices you can have 1.5 or a two liter that's it and not a lot of power no not really this isn't a sports car in the traditional sense of something that's really fast this is more of a, a fun car I think that's what they're aiming at. And certainly the, the two doors and that. I think the, the 1.5 litre has about 98 kilowatts and the 2 litre has about 118. Not a huge increase, but some suggest that's good. Although it's nice to drive a low-powered car for a while. Now, this one, of course, it doesn't have a lot of power, but it also doesn't have a lot of weight, does it? Mm. Yeah, well, it weighs about a tonne, which sounds like a lot, but that's pretty light these days. Yeah, about 1,000 kilograms. A Commodore's about 1,400 or more. A, a big SUV starts to get 2,300, nearly yeah. tw over twice the size. Yeah, I mean, it's tiny. It weighs nothing. It's very nimble. The manual, how many speeds has it got? Well, automatic and manual are the same, aren't they, in number of speeds? Six-speed. In either in either order or manual, I have to say I love the gearbox. Probably one of the best best gearboxes I've had in something for for a while. It was a short throw. It was notchy, and it was a close ratio gearbox. When mm. when you revved it out, you didn't sort of rev it to a little thing and drop it to another gear and let it blur, go mm. like that. It was nice and and I, I remember both you and I had been driving a large talking about big weighted cars Land Cruiser Toyota Land Cruiser Sahara $100,000 or more SUV to hop into this little Mazda MX-5 was just wonderful comfortable fitted like a glove mm. snapped it into gear not to drive fast necessarily but just to feel like you were working with the car I know it's a cliche, but this feels like a driver's car. You feel a bit more close to the, the road and the mechanics and, and every part of the car just feels a bit more, a bit less removed than it is in, 
in modern cars, which sort of try and take everything away from you. You still have to do a lot with this car, which is nice because you are involved with it. It's got a convertible, but a manual roof. Well, pretty much everything on this car is manual. You get uh, electric mirrors and, and windows, but that's pretty much it. There's not a lot of features or adjustments or anything. Uh, the roof's completely manual. They've pared it down to the basics to sort of produce something that's very simple and very light um, and also quite inexpensive in the scheme of things. We'll talk about the price in just a second, but not a huge lot of features, as you're saying. It is a sports car. The manual roof, by the way, it was manual, but it was easy. And of course, it means it doesn't take up nearly as much of the boot space mm. when you haven't got so much mechanical things to fold down. A few quirky features, glove box, where's that? Well, it doesn't have one, David. I tried to open the glove box and realised there wasn't one there. There's no pockets on the doors either, where you traditionally have a sort of a, a pocket and maybe a cup holder. There's not much of anything. The, what you would call the glove box is actually between the, the seat backs behind you, effectively. Which is a bit hard to reach into yes. unless you're a bit more flexible than I am. Cup holders, I think you can actually remove the cup holders, can't yeah, you? Yeah, they're sort of, they, you could kind of pull them out. The, the, the two of them sort of sit behind the, the handbrake and the, the gear, gear stick, sort of behind you. So you have to kind of reach backwards to get to them. It seemed like you could move one of them to the front, but only on the passenger side. Yes, the arm just sort of clicked out and almost like a USB sort of socket. Yeah, you could sort of plug it into another slot. What, near your knees or something, I think, wasn't it? It's not very practical in terms of those sort of features that we've sort of come to expect in, in modern cars. It's more like a car from... 30 or 40 years ago, that didn't have cup holders. Which is what what it's aimed at, isn't it? Exactly. You know, it's that old British car. They'd like to think it's a bit more of the Lotus Elan, as I said, but perhaps a little bit like some of the Austin Healey Sprites and things, mm. as, as a little car that's cute and so on. As we're saying, it's overall, I think it gets together. If we had the GT model. What does that have? What's, what's the advantage of that? It's got a few extra bells and whistles over the normal one. You get uh, climate control. Uh, you get a sat-nav and a couple of other odds and ends. GPS. Yeah, GPS, sat-nav, slightly nicer seats, that kind of thing. But not a huge difference uh, and, and different wheels as well. And it doesn't have things like, for example, a camera, does it? No, I think this is this is the first car we've been in for years that doesn't have a, a parking sensors at all, let, let alone a reversing camera. So they've really cut out all of these sort of modern conveniences and things. It's interesting what they've chosen not to put in the car, I guess. If you like gadgets, this is not the car for you. This is something that's very simple and designed to be fun and, and cheap. And, of course, you've got to get in and out of it, and it's not a high, easy-to-step-into car. No. I, I found this was quite awkward to get in and out of, even, even if you sort of slide the seat back, which helps a bit. But once you're in it, it's very comfortable. But the getting in and out process is a, a little awkward. It's it's very low to the ground. And it is rear-wheel drive, as you say, yes, to get into yes, it. It's nice. Yes, it's it's so nice to be in something that is rear-wheel drive. <laughs> well, of course, the, en the engine's from, from the Mazda 2? Basically, the Mazda 2 engine. They've just stuck a sort of conventional gearbox and instead of a front-wheel drive one on it. Doesn't use much fuel. No, the rating's about 6 litres per 100. I, I was getting about 7 in it, and that was driving a little, little more aggressively. You said that, uh, I think you've uh, indicated that they dropped the price significantly. They've dropped it sort of 10 or 15 grand compared to the, the previous generation, which is pretty impressive. I mean, you can get, if you can get one of these on the road for, for under 40K, not bad for a little fun car. 
so it's on the road for that. Uh, it's probably listed the base model, 1.5 litre manual at about 33 or so, but really it's about 36 to get it onto the road. Yeah. Top of the range one, the Roadster GT 2 litre auto. That's heading up into the, you know, 46, 47k on the road. That's still not that expensive in the scheme of things. Well, it certainly gives you bang for your buck if uh, value for money is part of your equation. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, as you say, looks for uh, that sort of money. It's lovely too. Now, we did say about the looks. We've got to talk about that. The 1968 Stingray has these lovely sort of things over the fenders. They're not separate fenders, but they, they sort of come up to a point. Now, the first... Mazda MX-5s were a bit bubbly looking, weren't they? Rounded sort of shape. A bit cutesy. I think they've really thrown off that girly car image, if I can use that cliche, with this one. It's almost aggressive in its in its styling. It's got that lovely Corvette Stingray sort of look to the the nose of it. The nose dips down and there's pointy ridge lines across the top of what we, we would pick the top of the wheels, you know, I mean up where the mud, the, the mud goes. Yeah, the wheel wells are sort of bubbled up a bit. I think the rear of it looks a bit that way too, you know the cute little duck-like tail on it. It sort of curves there's, there's a nice sort of round curve round to the tail lights and it's it's very, you know, sort of flowing kind of kind of look to it and I loved the look of it straight away and, and so did a lot of people around me. When I first saw it, and I think the best angle for it is the back three quarters, sort of standing to the side from the back, looking up, up along the bonnet and that, uh, you know, but standing behind the car, but not looking directly just onto the back. I think that's a fantastic look of it. And I think it looked bigger. It, I saw the car and I thought, well, that's not the one we want. We've got a much more cutesy looking thing. But of course, when I got closer, it was, it was in fact our drive. I found, especially with the top down, it looks a lot bigger than it is. And I realised just how small it was when I go to a parking spot and think, oh yeah, that's a small spot, I can fit in that. And then I'd pull into it and get out of the car and there'd be a metre and a half in front and behind me. <laughs> it really is a small, really is a tiny thing. <laughs> I think you feel it a little bit inside too. It's a little bit of the old Austin Healy, you know, the wheel's a bit close you know, certainly you're not going to be able to stretch out quite as much as that. Now, we'll finish on this because we did uh, run into a, a colleague of ours, a good friend of ours on the program, Alan Zervis, who was driving the Jaguar F-Type. This is a $155,000 car with uh, not the big V8 that we've had in the past, but just the V6 still at supercharged and got heaps of power. Now, if the word value for money doesn't come into your equation at all, then you can see where the F-Type was just beautiful mm. and was just stunning, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's a gorgeous car, but you're paying five times the money that you are for an MX-5. <laughs> it's amazingly different, isn't it? And yet similar in the way that they're both two-seater coupes that are good looking. And the Jag has more electric seats and all that sort of comfort stuff. Everything, yes, yes, and an enormous amount of power. But not to dwell on that car, but rather to go back and say, well, in some ways it's more the direct feel of fun drive in the little Mazda MX-5. Would, does that, would you summarise it that way? Oh, yeah, it was, it's fun. If you want to summarise it in one word, it's fun. And as I say, wheels made at Car of the Year, and really uh, it just gives you great bang for your buck's not right, but just your fun for your buck. It's sort of a weekend car because it's not very practical in terms of storage or passengers. But not a big boot. The boot's tiny. But 130 litres, I think it is. Uh, a Commodore boot is near a 500. This is 130. One suitcase. 
sort of deal. But oddly, I think this actually might make a decent commuter car because if you don't carry much to and from work, which most people mm. don't, it's actually practical for that purpose because it's tiny, easy to park and doesn't use much fuel. And it's fun to drive on the way. Errol, that's lovely. Uh, great to talk to you. I'm glad you had such a great time. I understand that you impressed uh, some people with it, particularly those that you might like to impress uh, uh, greatly. The ladies liked it too, David. Thank you. <laughs> I was sort of skirting, around, if you pardon the expression, around the subject. Errol, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> Thank you, David. That's Errol Smith. And we were talking about the Mazda MX-5 sports car. A whole lot of fun.